Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 130 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnett. In the studio with me, James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. As days become longer, nights become shorter, they become a bit hotter, I just enjoy it more. I don't know. I'm actually really sore, guys. I think I told everybody on this podcast I started a workout program not too long ago. And then I golfed like three times last week. We played spike ball on Saturday. I swear to God, I've been limping around like my left leg is like a peg leg, like a pirate, for whatever reason. I, uh, it didn't feel that bad when I was on the golf course yesterday, but now I feel like I'm getting old because I haven't been this sore. But, the, I mean, it has to do with the fact that I haven't worked out in, like, years, right? It can't just be golf. Or, are you this sore after golf regularly? And, and you are getting old. I'm only 26. That's not old. <laughs> it's not old. You're always getting older. Yes. Sometimes I get sore after golf, but usually, I'm surprisingly this year not. And like I don't, I don't work out. Oh yeah, I don't work. Golf is my workout. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know. So, but yeah, surprisingly this year hasn't been bad. Even on the days where I've golfed like two times in three days. Yeah, I've like, been surprised. I, I feel like it has to do with me working out because I have not been this sore after golfing before. But I swear to God, like I am stiff as a board. My back hurts. My thighs hurt. My arms hurt. I'm like, oh my god. I've noticed that. You feel more sore when you work out like sporadically. Like, oh, I'll go on a run every week or so. And then, like, your legs are just. But like... after every single run, that's when you're sore. If I wouldn't have been sore if I ran every single day that week. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, the lactic acid buildup has to be a thing, especially like when your body doesn't release that all the time because you're not working out. That's probably why I just, my muscles just feel so hard. But, uh, gentlemen, you guys do anything else extraordinary over the weekend before we get into episode 130 of the Get Around? Bought my own golf clubs. Hey, we're on the right track for Andrew getting somewhere on the golf course. <laughs> I did not golf this weekend. This wasn't the first time for a few weeks now. You did gardening, though? I did some gardening yesterday, pretty much all day yesterday. Sounds like a middle-aged man's work. Yeah, pretty much. See, I'm still 26. I just golf on the weekends. That's getting old. This. This is sprightly young male over here. I'm starting to get into shape. I'm not getting old. I'm starting to get into shape. But you're sore and I'm not. Yeah, right. No, so, you know what? Okay, so I have to bring it up. And this is this is funny. Shout out to our former coworker and former host, Brett Summers. Because I never thought I would ever think this, but I looked at myself in the mirror last week after I got this haircut and my, my beard that had not been trimmed or grown out for three months. And I started to remember Brett with his bald head and his big grizzly beard. And then him always being in the gym working out. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm starting to work out. Now I have this like grizzly beard and a bald head. Am I slowly turning into Brett Summers? <laughs> I mean, it would take a long time to be that it's pretty sl- As I said, it's pretty slow. It'll be a long time to be t- t- turn into that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I-, I cracked myself up. I had, to- I had to trim my beard because I thought it looked very unnatural. <laughs> On me, at least. Uh, but I also had the thought today. I think, basically... I have not shaved since I turned 26 because that's when quarantine hit. I think I'm if I have the wherewithal, I might keep the beard for the entire year of me being 26 and see how it goes. It's Go ballsy. It. Go for the Grizzly Adams look. It's ballsy, especially after not having a beard. That's like from one extreme to the other. I haven't shaved my goatee since quarantine started. Oh, I mean, you haven't actually shaved. I think you. Sh- I think you've shaved that thing one. T- that that whole thing one time since I've. Known you. Well, not shaved. I'm not talking like shaved off. Oh, I think you trim. don't. I know, but I think you shaved the whole thing off once. Uh, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> by accident once, yes. Uh, but no, I mean, I haven't even trimmed it. During, yeah. Like during I said, James is going to come out looking like a, a Harley Davidson motorcycle biker with like a rubber band around his uh, his goatee as he's like standing in the wind at football games and it's blowing up against his face. He's going to 
start rubber banding it so he can interview kids properly. The, the ticket ticket ladies at Throwby Field would be like, who are you? Nobody, yeah, nobody <laughs> would recognize you. You get like a dime bag Daryl. Uh, I, I do got to say, I had a bus driver in college. I knew him. He always drove the same route. It was the Route 36. And he exactly what you were describing, except it was like a foot long goatee tied with like hair and man, hair bands, and they were all different colors. I didn't know his name. That was the only thing I knew about him, though. But you could have like a conversation about him. His route went to Walmart, and you would say, "Oh yeah, can you pick me up a sandwich on the way back?" Yeah, no problem. Uh-huh. And come back from class, and there's your sandwich. Oh man, yeah, and no, I. Uh, Mr. Goatee is what I, I call him. I could do I could do a Gandalf beard, but I feel like you have to be very very old to pull off a Gandalf beard. But anyways, let's go ahead and talk about what's going to be in episode 130 of the Get Around. We have a great interview with Boyne City Athletic Director Adam Stefanski to kind of hear about what the parents and the, the vibe in the community is and how they're starting to kick sports back up in their area. Uh, in the Pulse, we're going to talk about MHSAA and sports kind of getting back underway. Uh, today, as we record this podcast, is actual the, the first day that they allowed voluntary workouts with teams and players. They haven't allowed use of a lot of school facilities yet, but we're going to go ahead and dive into that. After that, we're actually going to talk a little bit about professional sports on the back end of this episode. We don't do it too often, but it's starting to seem like every one of the major sports leagues has a pretty set plan, with the exception of Major League Baseball. We'll kind of dive into that. I want to talk about if we think these are going to work and how they're going to look. So stick around for that. We'll dive into the Hall of Fame, get a couple more people inducted, and then get into our trifecta at the end of the episode where we tell you how we've been filling the sports void with games. So make sure we remind you this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to go ahead and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the Pulse, gentlemen, which I just prefaced here a second ago. Today's the first day that teams and kids and coaches and everybody are going to be allowed to get together under coronavirus rules over any rules to kind of look forward to the fall season. So exciting, nonetheless. But, James, this is still an ever-changing situation. As Cody explained to us two weeks ago, it was like last Monday they released the guidelines, and Friday Whitmer did some more stuff and released openings for sporting venues and such. What have you heard over the last few days, at least, about how we're moving forward from here? I think the schools are kind of trying to take it as they want to go fast, but at the same time, they got to kind of be safe about everything. And I don't know if, if people are kind of necessarily reluctant, but, you know, even with, you know, we're looking uh, at a thing that the Record Eagle is looking at doing um, and we're pursuing doing this is uh, hosting or, or promoting all-star games for baseball and softball and possibly girls soccer to get the uh, some of the seniors from this year, you know, get them a high school game in. And there's so many different voices in the room, even to do that. You know, that you're going to have the same thing with coaches, administrators, parents, trainers, everything. And then having to follow guidelines that seem to change every couple of days. Mm-hmm. It's an odd start and stop, kind of, because you're like, hey, let's go do this. And then two days later, the rules are different. And you're like, oh, hey, now we can do this. And I don't know. It's just kind of, it's just kind of odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be a process here. One of the things I wanted to bring up as well is I kind of thought about, you know, there's not school in session, right? And mm-hmm. the I, we basically talked about the time restrictions or the day restrictions have basically been lifted by the MHSAA for the summertime. There's not a dead period this summer. There's not a time where, you know, coaches aren't going to be able to be with their kids or have anybody in for weightlifting or whatever it may be. That's not going to mm-hmm. exist this summer. But on top of that, how much work all these teams have missed, how much time on the field all these athletes have missed, do you guys think that 
even though it's all going to be kind of like buckled down, this could really be one of the busiest summers ever for student athletes up in, in northern Michigan. Potentially. I mean, you know, you, they still can't start their practices, their official practices until the normal time that they that they can for the fall and all this. And, and anything up until then technically can't be mandatory. And also, uh, this is a new part of the rule that I never knew was really there, is that these off-season results, there's no really way to enforce this, but supposedly uh, attendance at any of these other off-season things that aren't mandatory can't be a thing that's held for or against you for making the team. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's... It's not enforceable. Yeah. But, I mean, but I mean, it's actually a, a, a guideline that's there. I mean, you know, there's going to be those coaches who are like, we need you to be there or whatever, but there's kids who aren't, and that's... You're not... <laughs> You hope that that's not the case because there, there's underlying yeah. things here. It's not just like a regular summertime where, like, yeah, practice is supposed to start, but the kid just hasn't shown up for the first two weeks because they weren't ready to get into it yet or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or, mm-hmm. or it, I don't think it's something like that. I think it's more or less like I don't feel safe or my parents don't feel it's safe for me to be in this area right now or yeah. maybe I have immunocompromised family members that even if it is safe, it's not worth the one game that I play. You know what I'm saying? To be with my teammates. So, like, that's a sticky situation that you bring up. I don't know. I just thought with how much time all these athletes have missed in the weight room, on the field, with their teammates, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm seeing people out in Traverse City. We, I just drove into work. I mean, there, there's people all over the place. People are just still itching yeah, and dying yeah, to get yeah, back out and do today it. Today is the busiest I've seen it. Yeah, when exactly. I drove in here. And, but and people are itching and, and scratching to get back out there. I know athletes are the same way. Do you think that this turns into, like, an all-day, everyday thing for these kids this summer? I think I think it could, you know. Spring sports for some athletes. I know track was just pre-football workouts for me whenever I did it. You know, if you if you, you took away a spring season essentially, you took I mean, I know kids ran or did workouts on their free time when they when But did they? But did they? But did they? Seriously. Yeah. But did they? Cuz guess what? The majority of people don't have an at-home gym. They don't have weights. They don't have barbells. And there hasn't been a place to work out. Until Wednesday, gyms don't reopen up here until the 10th. These kids have not been getting the proper the proper weightlifting exercises or workouts that I know their coaches want them to have, both college or high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I just feel like everybody's going to rush back to this very, very quickly because they've missed so much time in the athletic scope of things. Yeah, and if they were, if they were the kind of athletes that were into the weight training and and those kind of things, the the weight room that the school could offer, things that they obviously don't have at home. Yeah, I think about Trevor Central's they're gonna weight have, room. They're going to have to be running. They're going to be want to be running back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, the kid that I'm going to put up later for the Hall of Fame uh, has put together a a pretty sweet gym. Um, but we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. So I, that's what I mean. Is like I can see this turning into running around with the, like a chicken with your head cut off to try to make sure that you get everything in in two months before this fall season hits. Yeah. Especially because we still don't know. I mean, the MHSA hasn't completely done it, but we talked to Cody. Possibility of sports seasons being switched. Things like that. Like, I could just imagine there's kids working out for football or, you know, soccer or whatever in the fall. And then July 1st hits and they go, well, yeah, those are all too high risk. We're doing baseball. And then, boom, you got three weeks to start planning for a baseball season. So those baseball kids are now like, Oh, we might be playing baseball in the fall, so we got to start training like we and preparing like it actually might happen. What happens mm-hmm. if you're a true sport athlete where you played football in the fall and baseball in the spring? 
are you going to have to equally train for both, assuming that you're going to both play it start the season on the same day? Or, or, or whatever it may be. It's like, I feel like it, it might just be an uptick in activity for the kids this summer than what they're actually normally used to. Yeah, I mean, because you're going to, like all the kids that I've talked to for these recruiting stories over the last couple of months, you know, I've said, you know, I'm, I'm staying busy and I'm working out and I'm, you know, a lot of them have just been doing running. You know, to stay in conditioning, aerobic, fair. aerobic stuff. To be fair, running is a full body workout. But regardless, yeah. that's all you could do, really. If yeah, you don't but have for a lot a of gym. kids, that's what they can do because they, yeah, if you don't have any equipment at home, you know, some of them have been going out to, over to other friends' houses that maybe have some of that equipment to use. But you know, how much, unless you're Brett, how much of that do you have in your house? Yeah. <laughs> and if you are Brett, you need to get rid of some of that stuff in your house. I hope he <laughs> listens to this episode. I remember having to, I remember having to carry that stuff when he Dude. moved. The worst part wasn't even just the weights. It was the rubber floor mats for his weight system that were each 350 pounds. Oh, great. You just carried 2,000 pounds worth of dumbbells and plates, and now we have a 305, 350-pound weight mats to put in the back of this damn U-Haul. Talk about feeling sore the next day. Now, what do you think the attitude surrounding voluntary workouts is? I know that it's going to be a really, really odd time. But like you said, nothing can really be mandatory until probably August is when they'll, when they'll start making mandatory team stuff. What do you think the attitude this summer, how does the attitude around voluntary workouts change amid coronavirus? I mean, before, for me, it was always, oh, that you got to get up at 6 a.m. to go to the weight room. That's, I'm not, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do that. I think with coronavirus, with the lockdown, Everyone's just been so, like you said earlier, though, it, everyone's been so itching to just do something, mm-hmm. regardless of when it is. I'll do whatever it takes to go to the weight room because I didn't, I didn't realize how much I appreciated that time of doing something active and being around my teammates. For even if it's like six feet apart, I can yell across the weight room at him. I probably would have done that anyways, you know. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of athletes that are just eager to get back there and get back to working and and getting better at their sport. But for a lot of other ones, you know, going back to the weight room might be the first time that they've seen their friends in three months. Yeah, and so there's there's a whole social aspect to it too. I, I imagine that co- football coaches and any all coaches that have these kind of voluntary conditioning programs in the summer are gonna see the best attendance that they've seen in these things for a long time. See, I I was a little bit worried on the other side of the spectrum. And I don't want to be, like, negative or bring, like, a devil to advocate. But, like, I feel like it does kind of give a license for a lot of kids, especially after being on their butts for three months, to kind of be like, yeah, like, I don't got to go there right now. Or, like, yeah, six in the morning on a Saturday, it's voluntary and I have coronavirus as an out. Yeah, I might not be there. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I feel like that's a worry that coaches will have, especially because there are so many avenues away from it. Yeah, there's that worry every year. But if, if nothing else, it'll just help separate the wheat from the chaff. I guess you're right. All right, well, that's going to lead us into our conversation with Boyne City Athletic Director Adam Stefanski, who joined us via telephone on Monday to chat about the sports community up in Boyne City. Let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in Boyne City Athletic Director Adam Stefanski. Thank you so much for joining us to chat about how your community is going to be kicking off the summer here. Yeah, thanks for uh, welcoming in, guys. I appreciate it. We've done a lot of talk about Boyne City and your guys' athletic program on this podcast in the last few months even. We've had a few of your guys on, 
And I know that with the, with the season being taken away and the athletic culture that is at Boynton City, I am sure that the Rambler Nation is itching to get back to the field. What has the attitude been like over the last week or so as guidelines have been released and you've kind of gotten a clearer picture of what you guys are able to do at Boynton City this summer? You know, it's really exactly that. Everyone's just itching to get back, and, and there's a lot of questions, and it's it's really kind of just an ever-changing world where, you know, we don't know what kind of news we're going to get on a day-to-day basis. So everyone's just ready to go. The coaches uh, are calling or emailing or texting me every single day, want to know what the changes are, what they can and can't do. So I know from the administration to the parents to the athletes to the coaches, everyone's just ready to, to get back out there and get back to some kind of normalcy really at this point. I know you're usually used to constantly being, you know, hit up and pestered about what's going on with this event or what can I do to help here? What can I do to help here? How has that kind of changed in the last month or so? And now that you're getting back into this, how much more are people contacting you directly for guidance? You know, to be honest, I really don't feel like it's a whole lot more um, the job where, you know, you can't, can't really think of it as being pestered. That's your job. You have mm-hmm. to be available at all times. You have to be, you know, readily available. And ability to, to communicate is a key part of this job. So really, I, I look at it as just a different set of questions and just kind of being there and in the form of servant leadership where, you know, if you don't have the answers, you can find them and get them. And so it's really just a completely different set of questions for all athletic directors, really. So just adapting, finding out the answers and, and being willing to, to kind of go with the flow and adapt. What are, what are some of the hardest questions that you've faced from your community and that you've had to try to find answers to? Honestly, just the day-to-day, can I do this? Can I do that? You know, can I play catch with a, a glove on? Can I have a bonfire with my kids? Can I do this Zoom meeting? So just the, the very simple things that you don't want to give the wrong answer, on kids first, and also at the same time making sure you're all the protocols and doing things the right way all the time. All right, so what do you think the the athletic culture at Boynton City does for the acceleration of people wanting to come back and, you know, do sports so soon? You know, one tremendous thing about our community is that it is so school-driven and educationally driven that um, there's so much support in every single facet of our school in academics, arts, athletics, that people are really, really passionate about our school. And that's exactly what you want in a community you want to be a part of. And so I think people are very understanding. At the same time, um, everyone just wants to get back in it. So, you know, it's just going through the right steps, going through the the exact protocols and uh, making sure we do it the right way. And and we'll get back as soon as we can. But, um, you know, the pressure's there. Everyone feels that everyone wants to get back and, and moving. And I think no one can wait till we get back to watching Rambler sports again. Now, were there any worries from the community or have you fielded any worries about, uh, you know, the different kind of levels of sports that they have with the different, uh, you know, indoor, outdoor with basketball being a higher risk than football or say, say like that? Have you heard anything from the community about worries about them, you know, possibly not having those sports or w- maybe not wanting to have those sports indoors right away? You know, I haven't heard a whole lot of that yet, to be perfectly honest, Jake. Um, I personally believe that the MHSA would take the, the thought process of going all or nothing. And so it did throw me for a little bit of curveball. And it's a good thing that they're going to look at every single aspect in, in an individual way and, and truly evaluate to try to get kids out there as soon as they possibly can, whether it's cross country, or soccer, football, volleyball, um, or golf in the fall. Um, but I haven't heard a whole lot from the community. Um, I think that the biggest 
everyone's really kind of buying in and, and understanding and really being patient. I'm so um, thankful that, of how patient everyone has been in uh, getting back into this in the first swing. And, um, we're trying to be very, very transparent, communicate every single time we get an update or have any kind of information and just go from there and take it day by day. What do you think is going to be the uh, hardest challenge for you when school reopens in the fall? You know, that that's so hard to tell. I just, at this point, really hope that um, we're supposed to start September 1, and when September 1 comes that we're there, we're in school, and we're able to form those relationships face-to-face with our kids, and that's really what it all comes down to. You know, we're all about educational athletics, and education has to come first. You're student-athlete, student-first, athlete-second, and so really just hoping we can be in the building with the kids and uh, forming those relationships. And, and that has to come first. And that's really my biggest concern. My biggest hope is that we're able to do that. And then everything from there um, on top of that is, is really icing on the cake, in my opinion. Now, we kind of talked about this in the episode earlier, but do you think that with everybody itching so bad to get back into sports and the possibility of not really knowing what's going to go on in the fall, this could make it for one of the busiest summers ever for kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one, no one's been too active for the last couple of months, so everyone wants to get back at it. Every coach wants to get their, their program going back into a full swing. You know, with MHSA waiving the, the potential for the dead period, I think that's a positive and a good thing. Um, one, for programs to be able to fundraise, especially during the fu- uh, 4th of July week, but my biggest concern is really coaches being able to have the ability to, to coordinate and come up with their plans for the summer where they're not spreading athletes and their families too thin. Uh, you know, we have to remember that these are kids who have a lot going on in their lives, and it's not just that particular sport. And so it, it's really, really important to us, especially at Point City, we feel, to promote the multi-sport athlete. And so that ability of coaches to work together is even more difficult now where um, you know, let's be honest, most of June is going to be taken from them where we can't spread things out throughout June and July um, heading into August and fall sports. So there's definitely going to be a challenge. There's going to be a lot of activity. But um, also, I think you're right. Everything's going to be moving because kids, coaches, everyone wants to get back into the, you know, the full swing of things. I know, I know James really wanted to ask, you know, what was uh, designing the new floor like and being able to kind of put that mark on the Boyne City community? You know, it was really a neat process. Um, our superintendent, Pat Little, and then Randy Calcaterra, who's ahead of the RSN network, and, and myself were really able to kind of focus in on that last October, November, December. And our goal was really to make it something that was really unique to Boeing. And when people walked into our gym and walked into the wheelhouse, they knew, like, that floor was unique to Boeing Studio and no one else had that. Um, and we took a lot of pride in that and designing it. So, um, I think it's very cool. We have the, the whole state of Michigan with the lower peninsula and the upper peninsula, uh, right at center court. We're going to have a red star right over where Boyne City is and, and kind of like a, a transparent light and then the words Boyne. And then welcome to Wheelhouse, obviously. So I think it'll be really neat and, uh, people will definitely know when they, they walk into our gym. How much, how much is it, how much do you think it means to the kids and the community that you guys do create that atmosphere at the wheelhouse? You guys have the big jumbotron. You guys have RSN getting a new floor. I mean, what do you think that means to the kids and the athletic community and just the community as a whole? The pride. One thing I've learned in, in my short time in this community is the pride here 
is through the roof. Um, people just really, really embrace the kids, the school, and it's just phenomenal. I mean, there's not much else you could ask for um, as a member of the school district or the kids. So, and personally, I think a lot of it goes into the details, you know, showing the kids that every single little detail matters and you're going to make things important and important to them and, and we're going to take pride in it and it's important to really embrace that and that's what it means to be a Rambler. Of course. Now, we know that the MHSA is expected to release a little bit more guidance this week after what you've gone through. What are you kind of expecting from them? What have you heard from your athletic director circles? What are you guys kind of looking for this week? Um, one thing I'm really expecting is if they're going to release some form of waiver for every participant to have to sign off and and take part in before they're able to compete in any kind of returned activity, whether it's conditioning or any kind of team workout. Um, hopefully they're able to provide that. Um, but really just your guidance as far as when we're able to move from, you know, the modified step two or the step three, you know, and really then also get indoors and get to the weight training. And, and that's a big piece of the puzzle right now. There's so many different teams and programs wanting to get in the building, get into the weight room. And that's a huge facet of, of the preconditioning and getting ready for their sport before they actually start competing. So um, we all know you can't just get out there and, and start throwing a football around and start hitting or whatever the sport is. You, you need to put that work in ahead of time and get yourself with your body and your mind in the right shape and right position. So um, hopefully we can get some more guidance on that when we can get in, in the building and in the weight room. Now, just one last question. How do you kind of get kids back into the swing of things after, like you kind of mentioned, you don't really know what they've been doing over the last few months, and it's not really been possible for any type of weight training or anything except for in you know specific cases. How do you kind of get kids back in the swing of things while resisting injury and, I mean, probably even just trying to hold their horses a little bit so they don't go too far too fast? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. The, the biggest thing is, is getting kids to slow down, realize we got to get – in shape before we start playing that sport and, and focus really on the conditioning aspect and uh, really pre- injury prevention because everyone just wants to go. Everyone wants to go full force because it's been, you know, essentially three months. So um, that's going to be a, a, a very big aspect and focus from all of our coaches right now. And we feel very good about it, but I, I really think the student athletes will buy in and, and they're just, they're excited to go. So they'll, they'll listen to their coaches. There's total respect across the board and all right, Adam. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time here with us at the Get Around. Thank you so much. Wish you the best of luck. We hope to see the Ramblers back on the field soon. Thank you so much, Jake. Good one. Another huge thank you to Adam for dropping by and chatting with us. I know that we've put a lot of... Uh, Boyne City people up in the Hall of Fame as of late, and we've talked a lot about those programs, and I know they're excited to get back in the fall just like we are. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours every day slicing and baking to make you a 30-second sandwich. Jimmy John's freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into this little pro sports talk that I told the Audible viewers about at the beginning of the episode, gentlemen. The MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, the big four in the United States have basically all come to a consensus. Not not quite. Major League Baseball is still on the back end. We'll wait a little while to get into that for a second. But at least the other three. The NFL still plans to go on as scheduled with their, their first games to be the first week of September. We didn't know if that was going to be in jeopardy. We've heard a lot about college football and such. But the NFL 
has come out and stated, you know, they're running their OTAs, they're doing everything voluntarily, but they plan on starting on time. Surprise, not surprise. Not surprised. Not surprised at all because the NFL is the biggest of all of these, and they'll do anything not to uh, take a backseat for a season. This I is, mean, this is the NFL we're talking. Yeah, about. I mean, we, we've seen we've seen lockouts from the NHL, we've seen lockouts from the NBA, we've seen what's going on with MLB right now. The NFL does not seem to let those opportunities slip through its fingers. They are going to be on the field as soon as they possibly can. Yeah, I would imagine so. And so much of their money comes from TV too that they can afford to do it with empty stadiums much more than the other teams can, I think. Have you seen some of those players after an injury and then they're suddenly on the field a week later? I wouldn't be totally surprised if, let's say, a player gets coronavirus and they're still playing the games as scheduled. Because that's just how the NFL is. Yeah, now <laughs> the the other few leagues have not been as steadfast, obviously, with basketball getting completely interrupted, hockey being completely interrupted, baseball being completely interrupted. The NFL was in a unique situation that they had time to kind of like digest and prepare and had that off season basically to let this all kind of transpire. But let, let's talk about the NBA. I think that's the one that a lot of people are really interested in because they've been bouncing so much stuff around, but they have an agreement to make a 22-team playoff tournament starting on like August 1st in Orlando. It was the top 13 teams from the West, top nine teams from the East. First of all, I don't understand where they made that distinction, how they wouldn't just like split it 12 and 12 or 11 and 11 or whatever it would be like the NHL is doing. But I mean, of course, the Western Conference is better than the Eastern Conference. But do we see this being as exciting as they are going to plan it and as exciting as they kind of like are hyping this out to be? Look, Adam Silver's been talking about an in-season tournament as early back as January. There have been they know that the regular season of the NBA is not as interesting as it is, let's say, in the NHL or the MLB, just because it seems like you're seeing the same 120 to 110 basketball game every single game of the year. I think it's going to be cool. They they want the NBA to be more like uh, the NCAA tournament where every game matters. I like the one proposal that somebody was putting out there of of like a World Cup format, like pool play. Dividing the teams up into like four pools, and then they all play each other in a round robin pool play, and then they move on from there into a World Cup bracket, and then it's one game off, one off game. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, or I mean, maybe three game series or something. Yeah, you can't do one offs in basketball. Like I've I've said that so many times. Just like a, how, in, how intense in basketball would that be though? Oh, just a one game elimination. Yeah, a one game NBA elimination for the whole tournament. That's what they were talking about. Like, but, not, but but yeah. see, but that that I don't know that, that see that's not as as exciting to me because. Especially in the NBA, man, I guess like 10, 10 points is nothing in the NBA, and they, they can make that that flop in in no time. You know, you're down by ten points, but you see how some of this stuff has turned out in the NBA over the last few years. Even in the playoffs, when it's like 20, 30 points, I mean, yeah, those guys would still be in the fourth quarter fighting for their lives, trying to win everything. But at the same time, I just feel like the the gap in between teams in the NBA would just make that not as fun. Like, the reason why seven-game series in the NBA are so big is because you actually get, like, a full spectrum of these teams. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit different. Like, baseball, a seven-game series isn't as important to me as it is in basketball. Hockey, a seven-game series is definitely as important to me as it is in basketball. In hockey, I think it definitely – Yeah. uh, Yeah. The the first games at the beginning of the series are – so important in hockey, oh, yeah. in baseball, basketball. It's like I could care less about the first two or three games of a seven game series. You need to make sure you win one of them. Yeah, I could, I could care less about watching them. Oh, uh, yeah. Almost even. It's like it's it, it's kind of like an NBA game. You yeah. only need to watch the last two minutes. Yeah. Same thing in, a, in an NBA playoff series. You watch the last three games. But do you but do you think that 
them, you know, bunking up all these teams in one spot. They'll be having multiple games per day down in Orlando. There's, I think there's five courts that they're able to use. They're going to be running through this. It's not just going to be like 22 teams one game each. The, I, I feel like it's going to be exciting, but I honestly, I don't know. The only reason why I feel like it has to happen is because the NBA season was cut before everything could be, like, taken care of. If this was at, like, the beginning, so say this happened in, like, November, we were, like, 20 games in to the season, I'd have just been, like, cut the season. Make it a wash. But since we only had 12 games left in the season, it's like, you have to figure something out here. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know that the 13-19 and 19 split in the NBA was perfect. They basically kind of looked at everybody who had a chance to make the playoffs and gave it to them. Yeah. I mean, because I think that the in the Eastern Conference, the Washington <laughs> Wizards were the ninth seed. The next person was like six and a half games behind. Sucks for yeah. the Bulls to get new ownership and they still can't make the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> really for any team any team this year, I don't think it's – you're not putting stock into what the outcome of this season was, which sucks because, like, everybody's, you know, everybody's been like, oh, yeah, like if LeBron James wins it again, is there like an asterisk? And it's like, yeah, probably – most likely, there's going to be a big old asterisk that says this season was disrupted by coronavirus and everything was different, you know? Both NBA and NHL, I think, the one thing that's going to be interesting to watch these early games is, like, these guys have been off for three months, and they're going right into their playoffs. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a lot harder for hockey players and basketball players. A lot of these basketball players have, of course, they have, like, a ba- at least they have a hoop at their house. A lot of them have, like, you know, mm-hmm. indoor courts or something where I know they're still getting their work in. It ain't that easy when you're a hockey player. And so much of hockey is conditioning. Mm-hmm. I'll give credit to Adam Silver, though. When I listen back to our first uh, COVID-19 on sports episode, Adam Silver predicted, like, oh, if we're going to do this, it's going to be August. Look where we are today. Set a goal and did it. Simple as that. I think he was one of the more people that saw this through the whole way. Say, big picture-wise, if we can plan for a start date in August, what would we do and where would we have to do it? We're going to wait for the first state to say we can take us. First place that, and they looked at Vegas, I know that. But then we'll look at Vegas right now. There's all these tourists going into Vegas. There's all these, Vegas isn't as secure of a place as they thought it would be. Disney is. Yeah, when we go to the NHL, you kind of bridge that gap a little bit. They're doing a 22-team playoff system. 24. Oh, it's yeah, they're doing 24. 24. Yeah, yeah, they're doing 24 with 12 from each conference. Obviously, the Red Wings, and we didn't even mention in the NBA, the Pistons are out of it. Pistons are done for the season. They only had 20 wins so far. Red Wings are out of it. Red Wings are way out of it for this NHL one, too. But, yeah, they did 12-12. and 12. Tigers already been mathematically eliminated. Before the season ever started. I <laughs> don't even know why we're talking about this now. Um, but, yeah, for the NHL, I can see that NHL playoff system that they have laid out, I can see that being, like, what we saw, at, at what we see at the prospect tournament or what we see at training camp when there's just crazy amounts of hockey rocking and it's you can go all over the place. There's going to be games playing just constantly when they get this stuff going. Mm-hmm. I like that. Did they announce the two hub cities no, yet? No, they have not. Uh, okay. they're so they're going to do this, like Eastern Conference at one and Western Conference I at the other? I think they're doing – I think they're uh, – they wanted to do Vancouver, but the whole travel thing is not going to work. Yeah, uh, yeah, with the, the Canadian the border, border. Yeah, the border, no. they're not letting it happen. So I think that they're they're trying to do one out west and they're trying to do one in the east. And I think the one in the east is going to end up in Florida and the one out west only God knows where. I know they wanted Vancouver, but – that ain't gonna Isn't happen. Vegas one of the possibilities? Probably, but that's probably not going to happen either. Yeah. So, but either way, I think that's going to be more exciting. The thing about, I mean, you kind of, you, you guys brought it up with like basketball. You're like, oh, playoff basketball is so much better. Like, playoff hockey is some of the most intense oh, yeah. sports that you can watch. And when you got these 24 teams, like, it literally is 
from day one, like a playoff for the Stanley Cup, right? They're going straight seated, series, 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 straight for the Stanley Cup. We're talking about we get playoff hockey, but on a bigger sample size. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, the, the basketball, that's what I mean. Like, in the NBA, a lot of those teams are going to get weeded out really quickly. The NHL, we are going to see some nitty-gritty just playoff hockey for, like, six weeks that is just going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, and I just I'm, – I'm curious to do, what, you know, if they're going to be full-length series, if they've determined that, if they're going to be seven, they're going to be five, they're going to be what. And uh, just the formats, the, the parts of the format that haven't been kind of released yet mm-hmm. or, or tweaked yet is going to be very interesting to see how they're going to do this. The, th- the crazy part is I thought about it this way, too, with all this stuff – possibly coming back you know that there's an actual chance of having the perfect storm of having all and this never happens of having all four american sports happening at the exact same time it happens usually full-on playoffs rocking for the whole the whole the whole you know kit and caboodle because by the time you get done with the nba they start in august i think their plan was for like six weeks that's basically october 1st you know what i'm saying and then here comes playoff baseball yeah, month of October could be pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, October. We, I've already. I've written columns about this here at the Record Eagle. Like October is just what a month for sports. Like I, October is normally just like my favorite month anyway for sports, but this one could be like on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. When it comes to professional sports, at least. I'm surprised that baseball is doing it so that theirs is going to end in October too. The, the, the latest proposal. I but guess. I think that's a big thing is uh, that what players didn't want to do is have it break into their off season where I mean baseball off season is really only like two and a half months. Yeah. Like, well, the last thing they wanted we'll think, was it to break we'll think the about what, season. Well, think about what it's going to be for NHL. I mean, their season's going to be ending in October, where normally next season would, would have be been eight. would have been starting in September. Yeah. To touch on the MLB, this is this is one of the hard, thing about, hard things about pro sports. I know that there's been a lot of criticism by politicians saying, oh, the players should have accepted an earlier proposal when some of those – financial proposals were just god-awful unfair what's your guys thoughts on that on at least the new one that the, the new proposal oh no that's that, perfectly uh, Matt, com- yeah, can mr manfred aka rick harrison threw back at him well mathematically it's exactly the same thing but they like, play less games i mean yeah because because uh, originally they 40 cause originally games. they wanted them to play for essentially one third of their money for but one, now, but for for two thirds of the games is what they yeah, wanted. But they now, wanted but now they wanted to the play half of the games at seventy five percent pay. So that's one third of what they were going to make if they had played if there was a full season. You started with six in one hand and you counter yeah, with sort half of. a dozen. In but, the but, other. But, that, but so now, fin- so financially, it's about the same. But the they're just conceding was, on the game. They're conceding on the yeah, number of games. The, the last the yeah. last proposal I think was one hundred and sixteen. One hundred and something. Yeah, that's another thirty five games. And even if you're yeah. talking about money, I don't think the biggest thing with all these athletes was not even so much like getting making sure that they got their full years worth of contract i don't think any i mean there's some people obviously and a lot of baseball money is guaranteed so like i don't know how that's all going to work out because there's like guaranteed money but like if you're not you know it's the same thing you think any other profession if you're not actually like performing or doing your job you're usually not getting paid for it that's why they want to get on the field and but they want to make sure that they're getting paid their normal rate that they would be getting paid Mm -hmm. for half the season i I thought that the the, N- the MLB's first proposal, like what, 112, 118 game season, was just crazy. It was. I'm like, how are you going to fit that in? Well, I, and not even that. The way that they had the pay schedule filled out, and it's, I, it, I don't think it's going to be the, I don't think it's going to work out exactly the same financially. I can't tell you for sure because I'm not some math. But guru. it's similar. It's not very. It's, it's yeah. not very different. But, but it's still not very good. But I mean, we were talking about like, 
Mike Trout normally making $33 million a year, and they wanted him to play 116 games for, like, $5.5 million. Like, that's the way that the pay schedule was worked out on the first couple proposals. I know it's not going to be like that. From what I can see here is for the games they'll play, they're going to get prorated for 75% of their entire year's salary. Because prorated is, like, backdated, right? So of their normal salary? So no. prorated is if you play half they're, your they're, they're playing 75 games, so that's about a little under half of the games you would normally have. And then they're paying them by the game, essentially, 75% of what they would make per game. Okay. So you're taking a half. You're taking a pay cut of one half, essentially, because you're playing half under half games. as many half as many games, and then you're only paying getting paid seventy five percent of what you would normally make per game. Yeah. So yeah. So it is in like the thirties percentage of what these guys are going to be making to what they normally make. Yeah. Which for but, but and I mean we're talking about we're, egregious we're, ones. We're arguing about million, millionaires too. Yeah, but I mean, but like, but you still, but you still have to think like that's the difference. Yeah. Is that like Mike Trout? Like this is the thing is that like this is why the 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 players have been so adamant about it. Like, if Mike Trout is normally worth $33 million and you're only going to pay him $5 million for this year, he literally can just not play this year. And instead of wasting his talent or possibly getting injured or playing below what he's worth, he can just say, screw you, I'll just, play next year. He can just go, <coughs> yeah. I got the vid. Yeah. That's why they needed to figure out some way to make sure these guys are actually making money because there would be no stars in baseball for half a season if – the people who are supposed to be making, they're going to make 12% of their normal salary. Mm-hmm. I would not I would not continue to do this job if they decided to pay me 12% of my normal salary right now. I'm like, can't let, nope, bye. Don't care how much I make. If it's $16 million or if it's 6000 12% of what I'm supposed to be making ain't right. And, well, and we were talking about this before we hit, started hitting record. I think that it'll be interesting to see what the Detroit Tigers do with Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. After they pick him number one overall in the draft on Wednesday, if the season starts up, what do you do with him? There's going to be no minor league season this year. So you just let your number one pick sit for a year? Just rot. Or do you play him at the major league level in a season where you don't have a chance to make the playoffs anyway? They'll probably work him in, is what I'll assume. I mean, like, maybe yeah. not full-on everyday player, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they've, Alavila and, I mean, Garden Hire, they have done a decent job of giving guys their time when they're young. I mean, last year they just they basically went full-on and just said, we'll just put prospects on the field. So I don't know why they wouldn't just do it again this year, especially with somebody as big. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you assume that they, like, bring Casey Mize up too? If 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 his elbow's healthy, yeah. Uh, he's been pitching in the minors. Yeah. If, if, if his elbow's healthy, they'll bring him back. You know, the, so they have a couple of potential stars, young that, stars. Does that make us the potential to actually have be pretty good? Maybe. You're still going to have to start Jordan Zimmerman probably in that. What you- and it's interesting with Torkelson because they're, the, the Tigers' big free agent acquisition of the year was a first baseman. Now they're going to draft the first baseman number one overall. Who knows? Incompetence still. Coronavirus didn't get rid of incompetence in the Detroit sports organizations, I promise. I promise. We didn't even really talk about the Lions. We'll talk about that sometime, but not now. I don't want to no, get pissed man. off. Detroit's, no... Detroit's eggs are all in the Lions' basket right now yeah, this, right. this year. <laughs> uh, that segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fresh, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. All right, that's going to lead us into one of our favorite segments of the day. The Get Around Hall of Fame, where we induct three more people into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We're going to quickly run through the Hall of Fame with our player of the year from soccer last year, Jordan Noble from Boyne City. Led the area in points and was able to take our player of the year's honor as a sophomore. Also going into Charlevoix's Megan Skolton, 
who whose senior year was taken away by the coronavirus, is actually going to play Division One at Memphis. So doing big things from Charlevoix. And Grayling football player Eli Jackson, who has created a weight room inside of his barn with all of the other football players from the area who are going down to Alma. So they had a chance to work out while this whole coronavirus thing was going down when they weren't able to get in the gym. So props to them and everybody heading down to Alma. Congratulations to the three newest athletes being inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. That is going to do it for this week's episode of the Get Around, episode 130. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, comment, gif, whatever it may take, and you will be entered to win some free Jimmy John's. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for 131.